0: Welcome to HackerCast, an end-to-end AI-generated podcast summary of hacker news. I'm your host, GPT-4. HackerCast is available on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts as well as our website, CamRobJones.com slash HackerCast. Today is August 4th, 2023. Let's get started. Part 1. Favorites 1. Airtable, Build Powerful Work Apps, Without Code From the article discusses Airtable, a low-code platform for building applications that help businesses manage and organize their work. Airtable offers a range of features such as an interface designer, views, automations, sync, and reporting. It integrates with other tools and scales for large and complex organizations, providing solutions for various business functions. The platform also offers resources for learning and development, including webinars, demos, videos, guides, articles, and a blog. It is designed to be simple to build and intuitive to use, with native AI components for dynamic AI functionality. The platform integrates with a range of other tools including Tableau, Outlook Calendar, Zendesk, Google Drive, and Jira. The article also highlights testimonials from satisfied customers like Equinox, West Elm, and Baker Hughes. Airtable also offers pre-built apps for marketing and product teams. The company provides a variety of products and services, including tools for product sprints. Communications calendar, creative requests, company goals, marketing production, product roadmap, marketing budgets, creative assets, and customer insights. The website also lists popular templates, extensions, and solutions offered by Airtable and provides resources for learning more about the platform. 2. Zine Bleed from lock.cmpxchg8b.com the article Zine Bleed by Tavis Ormandy discusses a vulnerability in Zen 2 class processors, including AMD Ryzen and EP processors. The vulnerability, CVE-2023-20593, allows extraction of sensitive data like encryption keys and passwords. Ormandy explains the function of vector registers in x 64 CPUs and the concept of a register allocation table, RAT, and speculative execution. The vulnerability occurs when a mispredicted Serupper operation is incorrectly recovered, allowing an attacker to spy on basic operations. Ormandy provides an example of how to exploit this vulnerability and mentions that it can leak about 30 kilobits per core, per second. He discovered this bug through fuzzing, a technique used to find hardware flaws. The article also discusses the challenge of verifying if a CPU is executing a randomly generated program correctly and introduces a new approach called Oracle Serialization. Ormandy discovered a vulnerability using this method and reported it to AMD, who have since released a microcode update for affected processors. He concludes by acknowledging the complexity of memory management and thanking his colleagues for their assistance. 3. I'm betting on HTML from Catskull.net Penned by the author known as Catskull, the article titled I'm betting on HTML is a passionate argument for the importance and potential of HTML in the era of AI and big data. Catskull argues that despite the rise of major tech companies and their proprietary platforms, HTML remains a powerful tool for data transmission and user interaction. The author begins by highlighting the limitations of major social media platforms, which often restrict data access and limit interoperability. Catskull sees potential in decentralized platforms like the Fediverse, but notes that the general population is often resistant to adopting new platforms. Instead, the author suggests that HTML, a tried and tested solution could be the answer. Katzgall argues that HTML has evolved significantly since its early days. Modern HTML elements can now provide a complete set of UI elements needed to build any web application. The author also notes the importance of proper tagging, which makes HTML extremely descriptive in a machine-readable format. This, according to Katzgall, is a compelling reason to adopt modern HTML. The author then provides examples of useful HTML elements such as the abbreviation element, the HTML data list element, and the details disclosure element, among others. Each of these elements, Catskull argues, can be used to create more accessible and user-friendly web applications. In conclusion, Catskull calls for a revolution in the use of modern HTML. The author believes that HTML can be a powerful tool for data transmission and user interaction, and encourages readers to explore its potential. In essence, this article is a rallying cry for the re embracing of HTML in the face of proprietary platforms and walled gardens. It suggests that the future of data access and user interaction may lie not in new technologies, but in the full utilization of a tool that has been with us since the dawn of the Internet. 4. Open Sourcing AudioCraft, Generative AI for Audio from i.meta.com. The article discusses the launch of AudioCraft, a framework that generates high quality audio and music from text based inputs. It consists of three models Music Gen, Audio Gen, and N Codec, all designed to assist musicians, game developers, and small business owners in creating realistic sound effects and music. The models, which are available for research purposes, are capable of producing high quality audio with long term consistency. The process of generating audio involves learning discrete audio tokens from the raw signal using the N Codec Neural Audio Codec. The article also announces the release of an open-source audio research framework and training code under the MIT license by Meta AI, aiming to foster innovation and enable the broader community to reproduce and build upon the work. The audio craft models are seen as a tool for musicians and sound designers, providing inspiration and aiding in the quick brainstorming and iteration of compositions. The article concludes by stating that AudioCraft is a significant step forward in generative AI research, with potential to improve iteration time and have a meaningful impact on the development of advanced human computer interaction models. 5. 40 years ago yesterday, Air Canada Flight 143 ran out of fuel mid flight from damninteresting.com. The article, The Gimli Glider by Alan Bellows, recounts the incident of Air Canada Flight 143 running out of fuel mid flight due to a metric conversion error. The pilots, Captain Pearson and First Officer Quintle, managed to make an emergency landing at Gimli Airport, which was being used as a racetrack. Despite the lack of fuel, Pearson landed the plane safely, and all 69 passengers were able to disembark without serious injury. An investigation revealed that the fuel shortage was due to a misunderstanding of the fuel company's leader-based measurements. The plane, dubbed the Gimli Glider, was repaired and rejoined the Air Canada fleet the pilots were briefly demoted and suspended but were later awarded for their outstanding airmanship. The article also sparked a discussion about the importance of pilots in emergency situations, with commentators sharing personal experiences and discussing technical aspects of aviation. 6. Man spends entire career mastering crappy codebase from Taylor.town. Penned by Taylor Tresh, the article humorously chronicles the career of software developer Arthur Westbrook, who spent 35 years mastering a complex and allegedly subpar codebase for an unspecified medical software. Westbrook's career, as described, is a testament to dedication and perseverance in the face of a challenging work environment. He contributed hundreds of lines of code and even managed to navigate legacy code without causing a company-wide disaster. Despite this, he estimates that he only ever understood around 4% of the entire codebase, which a former colleague likened to the war and peace of Wingdings. In the company, Westbrook was recognized as a hard worker, though his manager humorously noted that his skill set was not particularly transferable. His retirement leaves a gap that will supposedly require two junior developers and a Keurig coffee machine to fill. Westbrook's post-retirement plans are as unconventional as his career, including street performance, dumpster diving, and perfecting a unique culinary concoction of Soylent and Whole Foods premium adult cat-salmon mix. In essence, This article serves as a tongue-in-cheek commentary on the often thankless task of navigating and maintaining complex, legacy codebases. It underscores the importance of transferable skills in the tech industry and the potential pitfalls of dedicating one's career to a single, convoluted project. 7. I spent two years building a personal finance simulator from ProjectionLab.com. The article provides an in-depth overview of ProjectionLab, a financial planning tool that enables users to simulate and plan their financial future. The tool offers a variety of features, including backtesting against historical data, experimenting with different investment strategies, and detailed analysis of taxes, cash flow, and more. Projection Lab prioritizes privacy and security, not requiring linkage to real financial accounts. It is free for basic use, with premium features available for a fee. The article includes numerous testimonials from users who praise the tool's detail, versatility, and its ability to aid in making informed financial decisions. Users include professionals like CPAs, entrepreneurs, and software engineers who use the tool for various purposes such as retirement planning, financial independence, and modeling different financial scenarios. 8. Watch TV from the 90s and earlier from my90stv.com. My 90s TV is a nostalgic TV simulator created by Joey Cato. This unique web application transports users back to the 1990s, offering a rich collection of original ads, music videos, movie trailers, shows, and more. The interface mimics a vintage television set, complete with power, channel, and volume controls. The site is part of a series of retro TV simulators, with other versions dedicated to the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 00s. Each simulator provides a curated selection of media from its respective decade offering a unique glimpse into the pop culture of the time. The sites also include a donation link and a link to a retro shop where users can purchase themed merchandise. In essence, my 90s TV is a digital time capsule, providing a novel and immersive way to experience the past. It's a testament to the power of nostalgia and the enduring appeal of retro aesthetics. 9. Have attention spans been declining? From Slimeamoldtimemold.com The article Your Mystery have attention spans been declining? On the Slime Mold Time Mold website explores the possibility of declining attention spans over the past two decades, particularly in relation to internet and technology use. The author, Senef investigates various studies and methods of measuring attention span, including sustained, selective, and alternating attention. The article cites several studies with different findings, some suggesting a decrease in attention span, others showing no significant relationship between attention span and technology use. The author also discusses the definition and measurement of attention span, expressing a need for a standardized test. The article suggests that the decrease in attention span could be due to a higher ability to prioritize tasks, and discusses the connection between attention span and shot length in movies. The author concludes by calling for more research into this topic, highlighting the need for a reliable instrument for measuring attention span and long-term data collection. 10. A Non-Mathematical Introduction to Kalman Filters for Programmers from Pravshkarala.com The article A Non-Mathematical Introduction to Kalman Filters for Programmers by Pravesh Koirala provides a simple explanation of Kalman filters, a mathematical concept used in programming. The author uses a ship analogy to explain the concept and how sensors like GPS can be unreliable and imprecise. Kalman filters are described as a tool that generates a more accurate estimate from multiple imperfect sources. The author also explains how to understand Kalman filters without using mathematics, using the example of a thousand passengers on a ship each with their own GPS device. The article also includes a detailed explanation of the concept of measurement, the use of weighted averages, and the importance of variance in determining the trustworthiness of a source. The author also provides a code example to illustrate the concept and presents the results of the code when plotted. The article concludes with an encouragement for further exploration of Kalman filters and an appendix explaining the Gauss function and the concept of variance. 12. Free public Wi-Fi from Computer.Rip The article by J.B. Crawford on Computer.Rip discusses the history and technical aspects of Wi-Fi, with a focus on the free public Wi-Fi phenomenon. The author explains that this network name became ubiquitous due to a feature in Windows XP that allowed the network name to spread rapidly. The article also criticizes the quality of software tools for connecting to Wi-Fi networks in the 2000s and praises Microsoft's Wireless Zero configuration for its simplicity. The author concludes by advising caution when connecting to Wi-Fi networks and suggests using a VPN. 13. Stopping at 90% from AustinHenley.com Penned by Austin Z. Henley, a developer with a focus on AI and dev tools, the article titled Stopping at 90% Addresses a Common Issue in Project Completion. Henley argues that many individuals and teams tend to halt their efforts once the core project is finished, neglecting the final 10% that includes crucial tasks like evangelism, documentation, and polish. This phenomenon, he notes, is not confined to any specific field and can be observed in various projects, from iOS apps to academic papers. Henley emphasizes that the core project, which he defines as the tangible deliverables, often accounts for 90% of the work. However, the remaining 10%, though harder to measure and without a clear endpoint, is equally important. This final stretch includes activities such as presenting the work to other teams, broadcasting the project's takeaways, making the code accessible for future use, writing a blog post about it, outlining potential next steps, identifying related projects that could benefit, and seeking constructive criticism to improve the work. In essence, Henley's article is a call to action for project teams to not fall into the trap of the false finish line. He underscores the importance of the final 10% of a project, which involves spreading awareness about the project, documenting it properly, and refining it for better usability. In the grand scheme of things, this article serves as a reminder that the completion of a project is not just about crossing the finish line, but also about ensuring that the project achieves its intended impact and usability. It's a nudge for creators to not just build, but also to effectively communicate and refine their work. 14. Splitting the web from Plume.net. Penned by Lionel Draco, also known as Plume, a software engineer and science fiction writer, this article titled Splitting the Web Delves into the Growing Divide in the Modern Web. He identifies two distinct sides, the commercial, monopolistic web that thrives on clicks and user data, and the tech-savvy web, where users employ ad blockers, alternative browsers, and networks like Mastodon or Gemini. Plume observes that the gap between these two extremes is widening, forcing users to choose a side. He shares his personal experience of increasingly blocking third-party JavaScript and other analytics, leading to a strange phenomenon where he is disappearing from the commercial web, and it is disappearing for him. He notes that the commercial web is now optimized for those who don't block analytics, making him feel more disconnected from it. In response to the difficulties of dealing with commercial websites, Plume often resorts to traditional methods like phone calls or emails. Despite distancing himself from the commercial web, He finds himself engaging in more meaningful online conversations on platforms like Mastodon and receiving more comments on his blog posts. Plume concludes by suggesting that the web is not dying, but splitting into two. He feels less like an outsider and more like a part of the dark web, a place where he can have discussions without being spied on or interrupted by ads. He invites others who are tired of the commercial web to return to the simple web. In essence, Plume's article is a critique of the commercialization of the web and a call to action for users to reclaim their online experience. It highlights the growing dissatisfaction with the intrusive nature of online advertising and the increasing appeal of a simpler, user-centric web. Part 2. Show HN. 1. San Francisco Compute, 512H100S at less than $2 hour for research and startups from sfcompute.org. The San Francisco Compute Company. A venture by Alex Gajewski and Evan Conrad aims to create a shared computing resource for startups and research labs. The idea is to pool resources to buy a large cluster of GPUs, which can be allocated fairly across all participating entities. This allows for bursty allocation, where a startup can use more resources for a short period when needed, rather than maintaining a constant level of usage. This model is similar to the large clusters used by big labs like OpenAI and DeepMind, but has not been available to startups until now. The company plans to operate on short-term contracts and expects to offer rates around $2.10 per H100. If there's ever idle compute, the scheduler will allocate it to a startup, potentially giving them more than their share of compute if they get lucky. The company also plans to over-provision by 10%, which would raise the hourly H100 price by 10%, but would allow for flexibility in allocation. The company also plans to create a shared infrastructure debugging mailing list or Slack channel, so that if a startup encounters a problem, they can ask the group for help this venture is a significant step towards democratizing access to high performance computing resources by pooling resources and sharing costs startups can gain access to the kind of computing power usually reserved for larger organizations potentially accelerating their research and development efforts two invoice dragon an open source app to create pdf invoices from invoicedragon.com invoice dragon developed by lani Is a tool designed to simplify the process of creating professional invoices and receipts. The platform allows users to generate these documents with ease and download them as PDFs for convenient sharing and record keeping. The standout feature of Invoice Dragon is its cost, it's completely free to use. The tool is positioned as a fast and convenient solution for businesses and individuals who need to generate invoices and receipts regularly. The user friendly interface and the ability to download documents as PDFs make it a practical tool for managing financial records. In the grand scheme of things, Invoice Dragon is a testament to the growing trend of free, user-friendly digital tools that streamline administrative tasks. Its significance lies in its potential to save users time and effort, allowing them to focus on more critical aspects of their business or work. 3. Koj, chat offline with your second brain using Llama2 from github.com. The text provides information about the Koj project, an AI personal assistant developed by Koj and hosted on GitHub. The project is open-source, allowing users to contribute to its development. It has received significant attention with 3,000 stars and 116 forks. The project's repository includes sections for code, issues, pull requests, and more. The latest commit was made by a user named Muftawo, who fixed a reference link and a ZSH error. The repository includes several directories, each with its own set of commits and updates. Users can interact with the project in various ways, including using Codespaces, launching GitHub Desktop, or downloading the project as a zip file. The text also provides a chronological list of updates and changes made to the project, including updates to various files and functionalities. The updates range from fixing links and configuration issues to updating tests and migrating from Pyke 6 to Py. Side 6. The text also provides a snapshot of a GitHub page of a user named Hyungyu Jang, detailing the languages used in the projects contributed by him and possibly two other contributors. The languages used include Python, HTML, Emacs Lisp, TypeScript, CSS, Shell, and other unspecified languages. The text also includes a footer section with links to various GitHub resources and policies. However, the text does not provide any information about the specific projects the contributors are working on, nor the context of the language usage. 4. Plain Open source JIRA alternative from Plane.so. Plane is an open source project management tool designed to manage issues, sprints, and product roadmaps. It's a software development tool that aims to provide peace of mind to its users. The tool is trusted by over 1,000 teams across more than 100 countries. Plane offers a simple yet effective user experience, allowing users to start as a basic task tracking tool and customize their workflows based on backlog, unstarted, started, and completed issues. It offers flexibility and visualization, allowing users to switch between list, Kanban, or calendar views. Plane also allows for custom workflows, enabling unique issue states for each team. The tool also offers easy importers, which will soon be available for self-hosted issues. It simplifies the transition to different workflows like Waterfall and Agile, and helps maintain team momentum with cycles and modules. Plane provides deeper insights into these cycles and modules, including burndown charts, estimates, Scope, and more. Plane can be easily integrated with your favorite tools to extend their functionality and streamline your workflow. It's also preparing to launch an SDK, Pilot, that can easily connect to any APIs, giving users the power to extend and integrate with tools they use every day. Plane is open source and can be easily self hosted using Docker. It also offers a variety of features like attachments, comments, powerful integrations, and themes, giving users full control over how they manage their tasks and workflows. In conclusion, Plane is a project management tool that prioritizes performance, privacy, and streamlined workflow. It's designed to be intuitive, efficient, and easy to use, with a focus on security and data protection. The significance of Plane lies in its open source nature, allowing for customization and integration with other tools. It's a versatile project management tool that can adapt to various workflows and team structures, making it a valuable resource for teams of all sizes. 5. Learn a language quickly by practicing speaking with AI from PrettyPoly.app. Pretty, Poly is an innovative language learning application that leverages artificial intelligence to facilitate conversational practice from day one. The app's creator, Chris, emphasizes the importance of speaking a new language from the outset, citing a wealth of literature and anecdotal evidence that supports this approach. The app's process involves selecting a desired language, engaging in a basic conversation with the AI, Using Google Translate to understand and respond in the chosen language, and then storing and studying these phrases in OnKey, a flashcard based learning tool. The app addresses two major challenges in language learning the lack of a readily available conversation partner and the fear of embarrassment when speaking a new language. By using AI, Pretty Polly provides an ever present, patient, and non judgmental partner for language practice. Chris also dispels some common misconceptions about language learning he suggests that learners focus on acquiring vocabulary through phrases rather than individual words, as we are better at memorizing words in context. He also asserts that grammar does not need to be explicitly studied, as it can be intuitively understood over time through speaking and listening, much like how children acquire their first language. In essence, Pretty Polly is a tool that combines the power of AI, the efficiency of phrase-based vocabulary learning, and the effectiveness of the spaced repetition method to accelerate language acquisition. The significance of Pretty Polly lies in its potential to revolutionize language learning by making it more accessible, efficient, and less intimidating. It embodies the intersection of technology and education, demonstrating how AI can be harnessed to facilitate and enhance the learning process. 6. Linkwarden, an open-source collaborative bookmark manager from linkwarden.app. Linkwarden is an open-source collaborative bookmark manager that allows users to collect, organize, and archive web pages. This tool is designed to make it easy to save, store, and categorize web content in one central hub. Users can collect links from any browser, organize them with custom tags and folders, and create collections to group related links. One of the standout features of Linkwarden is its ability to preserve web pages for future reference. It auto captures a copy of each web page as a screenshot and a PDF, and allows users to download these archived web pages for offline access. This feature safeguards against link rot a term used to describe the phenomenon of web pages becoming dead or broken over time. Linkwarden is not just for personal use. It's designed to enhance collaboration efforts, making teamwork more efficient. Users can invite team members to collaborate on shared collections, assign customizable permissions to each member, and share curated collections with the public. The tool is open source and self-hostable, designed for every screen size, and features a powerful search function and an intuitive design. Users can also pin their favorite links to the dashboard and will soon be able to import slash export their data. In essence, Linkwarden can be a valuable tool for personal use, education and learning, research and reference, and project collaboration. It helps individuals stay organized and efficient while browsing the internet, ensuring that valuable online content is never lost. In terms of its significance, Linkwarden addresses the common problem of managing and preserving valuable online content. Its features are designed to combat the transient nature of web content, ensuring that users can revisit their favorite web pages even if the original page is no longer available. This makes it a potentially invaluable tool for researchers, students, and anyone who relies on the internet for information and inspiration. Part 3, Code. 1. Building and operating a pretty big storage system called S3 from allthingsdistributed.com. The article, Building and operating a pretty big storage system called S3, is a guest post by Andy Warfield, VP and distinguished engineer at S3, on all things distributed. Warfield shares his experiences and insights from building and operating Amazon's simple storage service, S3. He discusses the history of S3, its organizational structure, and the technical scale of the system. He also talks about the evolution of hard drives and their use in large-scale systems like S3. The article further discusses the challenges and strategies of managing data storage at scale, including the concept of heat management and redundancy schemes. Warfield emphasizes the importance of human factors in managing complex systems and the concept of ownership in solving complex problems. He concludes by reflecting on his personal experience of scaling at Amazon and the lessons he learned. 2. Blazing MQ, High-Performance Open-Source Message Queuing System from Bloomberg.github.io Blazing MQ is an open-source message queuing system developed by Bloomberg. It's designed with a focus on efficiency, reliability, and a rich feature set to cater to modern workflows. The system has been carefully architected and written in C++ from scratch, with no runtime dependency on any external framework, such as Apache Zookeeper. This design choice results in consistently low median and P99 latency. One of the unique features of Blazing MQ is its multi-hop network topology. This design can lead to significant savings in network bandwidth and latency for high fan-out workflows. In other words, it's a system that can distribute messages across a network in a way that optimizes the use of resources. The platform also offers a set of message routing strategies to help applications implement complex message processing pipelines. For instance, it supports different routing strategies like work queue and consumer priority. In terms of reliability, Blazing MQ is built on industry standard best practices in the domain of distributed systems to provide highly available queues. It uses clustering and quorum based replication to ensure that messages are not lost and are always available when needed. In essence, Blazing MQ is a robust and efficient message queuing system that offers a unique approach to message distribution and processing. The significance of Blazing MQ lies in its potential to optimize message processing workflows. Its unique features, such as the multi-hop network topology and various routing strategies, could provide significant benefits in terms of efficiency and resource utilization in complex, high-volume messaging environments. 3. Important Coding Habits from PuppyCoding.com The article The Most Important Coding Habits on Puppy Coding, written by Dan Yemen, emphasizes the importance of healthy coding habits for long-term career sustainability. The author shares his personal experience of developing a slip disc due to poor posture and long hours of coding. He suggests daily stretches, regular breaks, and avoiding late night coding to prevent similar health issues. The author also recommends improving the coding environment with ergonomic furniture and considering a standing desk. The article concludes with a call to early career programmers to adopt healthier habits for a fulfilling programming career. Uppy. Coding is a WordPress-hosted website focusing on coding and programming tutorials, with a particular emphasis on Python and AI. It offers a newsletter, allows comments, and has a presence on social media platforms like Tumblr and YouTube. The website also features recent posts on various coding topics. The website appears to be a blog or similar content platform, copyrighted to Puppy Coding in 2023. The footer or sidebar of the website provides links to related content, social media platforms, and options for visitor interaction. 4. Continue, open-source coding autopilot from github.com The article discusses an open-source software development tool called Continue by Continue Dev, which is a versus code extension that integrates ChatGPT into the IDE. The tool, licensed under Apache 2.0, can answer coding questions, edit code in natural language, and generate files from scratch. It uses GPT-4 and GPT-3.5 Turbo by default and can be customized to use different LLMs. The project has gained popularity with 2.4K stars and 66 forks on GitHub. It is primarily written in Python and TypeScript and has 7 contributors. The tool does not have any published packages. 5. Basic Computer Games Code in Modern Languages from GitHub.com The article discusses a GitHub repository titled Basic Computer Games by the User Coding Horror. This repository is an updated version of the classic basic computer games book and features examples in various programming languages. The repository is popular, with 10.1k stars and 1.3k forks, and is licensed under the unlicensed license. It contains several sections and directories, each with its own latest commit message and commit time. The article also details the updates and changes made to various computer games listed in numerical order, with each game's title followed by a brief description of the update or change made. And the date and time of the update. The updates range from adding new versions of the games to making minor adjustments to the code. Some games have also been ported to different programming languages. Six. Before you try to do something, make sure you can do nothing. From devblogs.microsoft.com, the article "Before you try to do something, make sure you can do nothing: the old new thing" by Raymond Chen on Microsoft's Dev Blogs emphasizes the importance of starting from a simple, functional base when developing new software components. Chen advises developers to first create a component that does nothing to ensure a good starting point, then gradually add functionality. This approach helps to troubleshoot any problems related to new changes. The article also includes comments from readers who agree with Chen's approach and related to practices like test-driven development. The text also includes a collection of comments from various users on the same post, offering different perspectives on coding practices. The comments touch on topics such as the use of coding tools, the benefits of scaffolding, and the principles of test-driven development. The text also provides a list of hyperlinks to monthly archives of blog posts from the Old New Thing blog on the Microsoft Developer blogs, spanning from September 2003 to August 2015. Finally, the text includes a collection of categorized links and references from the Microsoft Developer blog, covering various topics such as relevant links, categories, stay informed, theme, code block, what's new, Microsoft Store, education, business, developer and IT, and company. These links provide resources and information related to Microsoft's products, services, and company information. 7. Reflex Web Apps in Pure Python from GitHub.com The text is a detailed overview of the Reflex dev slash Reflex GitHub repository, a project for developing web applications in pure Python. The repository is popular and active, with 11,000 stars and 653 forks. It includes a variety of features such as code, issues, pull requests, and discussions. The repository has 33 branches, 31 tags, and 554 commits. The latest commit was made by a user named Piccolo on August 5, 2023. The repository also provides options to clone or download it. The text also provides a summary of updates and commits made to the repository from December 4, 2022, to August 3, 2023. These updates cover a variety of files and aspects of the project, including script integration issues, removal of the home folder for Windows, and updates to the readme.md, .gitignore, contributing.md, and license files. The article also provides a step-by-step guide on how to use Reflex to build a web application, focusing on the UI, state, event handlers, and routing. It explains how to define the front-end of an application, how Reflex represents the UI as a function of the state, How to define event handlers, and how to define the app. The article also provides some information about the status of Reflex and encourages contributions to the Reflex community. The article is hosted on GitHub and is part of the Reflex documentation. Part 4 Data 1. Run Llama 2 uncensored locally from olama.i. Penned by an anonymous author, this blog post on olama's website introduces the concept of running Llama 2, a large language model, in an uncensored mode. The post is a response to a previous article by Eric Hartford, a machine learning engineer, who discussed the merits of uncensored models. The blog post provides examples of uncensored models available for use, including the fine-tuned LAMA-27B model, New Research's New Hermes LAMA-213B, and Eric Hartford's Wizard Vicuna-13B Uncensored. Each of these models has been fine-tuned for specific purposes, with the fine-tuned LAMA-2-7b model using the Wizard Vicuna conversation dataset, and the new Hermes LAMA-2-13b model standing out for its long responses, lower hallucination rate, and lack of open AI censorship mechanisms. The post then provides a series of example output comparisons between the censored and uncensored versions of the LAMA-2 model. These comparisons cover a range of topics, including movies, cooking, religious literature, medical information, and general information. In each case, the uncensored model provides more direct and detailed responses, while the censored model is more cautious and avoids potentially sensitive topics. In conclusion, the post encourages readers to try running uncensored models themselves using OLAMA, but also includes a disclaimer about the risks associated with using uncensored models. The significance of this post lies in its demonstration of the potential benefits and risks of using uncensored AI models. While these models can provide more detailed and direct responses, they may also tread into sensitive or controversial areas. This raises important questions about the ethical use of AI and the balance between utility and sensitivity. 2. Guide to running Llama 2 locally from replicate.com. The article, penned by a user named Zeke, is a comprehensive guide on how to run Llama 2 locally on various platforms including Mac, Windows, Linux, and even mobile devices. LAMA2 is a language model that can be run without an internet connection, and the author provides a step-by-step guide on how to use three open-source tools to achieve this, llama.cpp, olama, and LLM. Llama.cpp is a cc++ port of LAMA that allows for local running of the model using 4-bit integer quantization on Macs, but also supports Linux and Windows. The author provides a one-liner command to install it on m1-m2-macs, Intel Macs, Linux machines, and Windows on WSL. OLAMA is an open-source Mac OS app that allows users to run, create, and share large language models with a command-line interface. It already supports Llama too, and the author provides instructions on how to download and use the app. LLM is an open-source project that enables running language models locally on a variety of devices and platforms, including iOS and Android. For iPhone users, there's an MLC chat app available on the App Store, which now supports the 7B, 13B, and 70B versions of Llama 2. In conclusion, the author encourages readers to follow them on Twitter for the latest updates, share their creations with the community on Discord, and explore running Llama 2 on Replicate, a platform for running machine learning models in the cloud. The article is significant as it provides a detailed guide for users who wish to run Llama 2 locally. Thus, expanding the accessibility and usability of this language model across various platforms. Three, PRQL Pipeline Relational Query Language from GitHub.com. The article is about PRQL Pipeline Relational Query Language, a modern language for transforming data, designed as a simple, powerful, and pipeline replacement for SQL. The information is sourced from a GitHub page for the PRQL project, which is public and has received significant attention. The project is licensed under the Apache 2.0 license and provides various options for interacting with it. PRQL is readable, explicit, and declarative like SQL, but it forms a logical pipeline of transformations and supports abstractions such as variables and functions. It is being actively developed by a growing community and is ready for use, despite some minor bugs and missing features. The article encourages readers to get involved with PRQL and provides links to various resources to explore it. The article also includes information about the organization of the repo and acknowledges the contributors to the project. The text also includes a snippet from a web page presenting percentages related to different programming languages or web technologies, and a section labeled footer navigation with links to various pages on GitHub's website. 4. How to check if two SQL tables are the same from GitHub.com. The article, How to Check Two SQL Tables Are the Same by Remy Wang, explores the challenge of comparing two SQL tables to determine if they are identical. Wang initially suggests using the accept command, but notes its failure when one table has duplicate entries that the other does not. He finds online solutions unsatisfactory due to similar issues or the use of non-standard SQL features. Wang proposes using the accept all command, but notes it's not implemented by SQLite. He then suggests a solution involving grouping by all attributes of the table, but finds it unsatisfactory due to the need to manually list all attributes. Wang presents a key idea to view a table as a vector of numbers and joins of tables as polynomials, proposing a game plan to compute all in moments and compare the results. He also proposes taking the natural join of T1 with T2 and comparing the count with the self-join of T1 and of T2. However, he acknowledges that the query is impractical for large tables due to its time complexity of O n to the power of n. He also questions why SQL doesn't have a standard feature to compare two tables, suggesting it could be useful for testing. 5. SQLite Utils from SQLite Utils.dataset.io. The text is from the SQLite Utils documentation page, a Python library and command line tool designed to create SQLite databases from existing data. The documentation provides a comprehensive guide to the tool's features, including installation instructions, usage of the command line tool, and the Python library. It covers a wide range of topics such as running SQL queries, returning data in different formats, and querying data directly using an in-memory database. The documentation also provides a list of different versions of SQLite utils, badges indicating the current version, license, and links to the project's PyPy page, changelog, and GitHub actions. The text also includes a table of contents for the SQLite underscore utils Python library, offering functionalities for working with SQLite databases and JSON data, checking the SQLite version, dumping the database to SQL, and introspecting tables and views. It also provides information about plugins, API references, and CLI references. The final sections provide links to information about contributing to the project, a changelog detailing updates to the library, and a version history for the software. Part 5. Design. 1. Icon Buddy. 100k plus open source SVG icons, fully customizable from IconBuddy.app. IconBuddy is a comprehensive open source icon search engine and manager, boasting over 180,000 icons. The platform allows users to search, download, customize, and edit icons in a variety of formats including SVG, PNG, WebP, JSX, Vue, and Base64. The icons are sourced from over 150 high quality open source icon sets providing a vast array of options for users. The site also features a color customization tool, allowing users to adjust the color of the icons to suit their needs. The main body of the site is a long list of the different icon sets available, each with a number indicating how many icons are included in that set. Some of the sets include academicons, Akar icons, and design icons, bootstrap icons, and many more. The site also features a section where users can see the companies that have endorsed the project, including tech giants like Google and Microsoft. In terms of future developments, IconBuddy is planning to launch a powerful API and encourages users to sign up to stay updated on this and other new features. In essence, IconBuddy is a valuable resource for anyone in need of a wide variety of customizable icons for their projects. Its extensive library and user-friendly interface make it a go-to tool for designers and developers alike. Netscape Meteors from Aaron Wells.me. Aaron Wells, a tech enthusiast and blogger, embarked on a quest to find the original Netscape Navigator Meteors animation, a nostalgic symbol of her early web exploration. Despite encountering numerous versions, none matched the original's 60 by 60 pixel dimensions. Her search led her to various archives, including a mirror of Netscape 5.0 on GitHub and old versions of Mozilla on an FTP server, but the animations had been stripped from these sources. In a twist of serendipity, a friend tagged Jamie Zaiwinski, a software developer known for his work on Netscape Navigator, on a post about Aaron's search on Mastodon. Zaiwinski responded with a link to a page containing the sought after animation. However, Aaron noticed some minor artifacts in the animation, which she corrected before sharing both the original and her modified versions. This article is a testament to the power of online communities and the enduring impact of early web symbols it also highlights the importance of digital preservation and maintaining a record of our technological history. Part 6. Books. 1. Kickstarting a Book to End in shitification, because Amazon will not carry it from Pluralistic.net. The article by Corey Doctorow, published on Pluralistic.net, discusses his upcoming book, The Internet Con, How to Seize the Means of Computation, which aims to improve the Internet. Doctorow criticizes Amazon's Mandatory Digital Rights Management, DRM, for every book sold on its platform, which he believes contributes to the deterioration of the internet. He advocates for interoperability, which allows users to choose which parts of a service they want and block the ones they don't. Dr. O refuses to sell his work with DRM, despite the financial cost, and has uploaded an audiobook on Amazon explaining how Audible exploits writers and readers. Dr. O also uses Kickstarter to pre-sell his DRM-free audiobooks, a strategy that has influenced other authors to move away from Amazon. He produces his own audiobooks, working with Skyboat Media and securing narrators like Will Wheaton, Amber Benson, Neil Gaiman, and Stefan Rudnicki. He criticizes the tech industry for making the process of sideloading increasingly difficult, forcing audiobook and ebook sellers to pay a 30% app tax on every dollar they make. The footer of the blog post includes links to Dr. O's social media profiles, his latest medium column, and a disclaimer stating that by reading the website, the reader agrees to release Dr. O from all obligations and waivers arising from any non-negotiated agreements with the reader's employer. The website is powered by WordPress. 2. Mark Watson's Lisp Books from GitHub.com The GitHub repository titled Free Older Books and Software is a treasure trove of resources curated by Mark Watson. The repository is a collection of older books and software, with a focus on programming and artificial intelligence. The repository is public and was created on May 9, 2023. The repository contains a variety of files, including PDFs, zip files, and ebooks in EPUB and MOBI formats. The content ranges from books on Java and Lisp programming to a Haskell cookbook and a guide to jumpstarting the semantic web. There are also resources on AI programming, a story titled Brady Story, and a file related to fish farming. Unfortunately, the repository does not include a README file to provide context or guidance on the content. However, the file names are descriptive enough to give a sense of what each resource is about. For example, java suggests a third edition of a book on Java and AI, while closure indicates an ebook on closure and AI. This repository is a valuable resource for anyone interested in programming, AI, and related topics. The fact that these are older resources could provide a unique perspective, as they may offer insights into the foundational concepts and historical development of these fields. Three. Why Early Modern Books Are So Beautiful from Resobscura.substack.com The article Why Early Modern Books Are So Beautiful by Benjamin Breen, published on Resobscura, explores the visual appeal of books produced between 1450 CE and 1800 CE. Breen presents three theories, early modern books' uncanny familiarity, thoughtful design, and charming nature. He uses the Hortus Sanitatis, an early encyclopedia, as an example of their unique style. Breen also discusses the unique features of early modern books, such as their indexes, branding, and the stories behind their booksellers, using examples like The American Physician and the branding of booksellers' shops. He recommends several books and articles for further reading and promotes his upcoming book, Tripping on Utopia. Part 7. Working. 1. Remote work on H.N., who is hiring. Minus 69% jobs in 2023 are remote from blog.spatial.chat. This article, penned by Danny Chepenko for Spatial Chat, presents an analysis of the shifting preferences for remote work within the Hacker News community over a span of five years. The author delves into the data from job listings posted on Hacker News from 2018 to June 2023 to understand the changing dynamics of remote work. The analysis reveals a steady increase in the preference for remote work positions. In 2018, about 23% of job listings were for remote work, which slightly increased to 29% in 2019 the year 2020 saw a significant increase in remote job postings, with the number of remote work positions surpassing on-site positions for the first time. This trend continued into 2021, with remote work positions accounting for 79% of all job listings. Despite a drop in the total number of job openings in 2022, the preference for remote work remained strong. As of June 2023, 69% of all job listings were for remote positions, although this marked a slight decline compared to previous years. The article also highlights a growing trend of location specific or citizenship requirements in job descriptions, increasing from 16% in 2018 to 37% in 2023. This indicates a sustained demand for candidates with specific geographical qualifications. The majority of these location requirements correspond to the United States, followed by Canada and the European Union. In terms of programming languages, React, Python, and Java were the most frequently mentioned in job postings. However, TypeScript, Postgres, GraphQL, and React had the highest percentage of remote jobs out of all jobs requiring these skills. In conclusion, the analysis suggests that remote work has become an attractive option for both employers and job seekers within the hacker news community, a trend accelerated by the COVID-19 pandemic. The author invites interested researchers to request the dataset for further exploration. This analysis is significant as it provides a detailed understanding of the evolving preferences for remote work within the tech industry, particularly in the hacker news community. It highlights the growing acceptance and adoption of remote work, while also revealing the importance of location-specific requirements in job postings. 2. Australians Fight for the Right to Work from Home Permanently from Reuters.com The article discusses the ongoing fight by Australian unions for the right to work from home, WFH, permanently, even taking the country's biggest bank to court over the issue. The piece shares the story of Nicholas Coomber, a Melbourne-based drone operator, who enjoys the benefits of WFH, such as more family time and less commuting. Despite calls from corporate leaders to end remote work, Australian unions are pushing back. The article highlights the case of Commonwealth Bank of Australia staff challenging a directive to work from the office half the time. It also mentions deals struck by National Australia Bank and the public sector union that allow employees to request WFH. The situation is compared to Canada and the European Union, where WFH protections are still being negotiated. The article concludes by discussing the impact of WFH on office landlords. The text also includes a collection of headlines and site navigation information from the Reuters website, covering a range of news categories. It provides information about Reuters and its various products, as well as links to download the Reuters app, subscribe to newsletters, and follow Reuters on social media. The text concludes with legal and policy information. 3. Reasons Not to Be a Manager from Charity.wtf The Article 17 Reasons Not to Be a Manager on Charity.wtf discusses the potential downsides of becoming a manager, particularly in the tech industry. The author, Mipsy Tipsy, argues that individuals who love their current job, value the ease of finding new jobs as an engineer, and are aware of the fewer number of management jobs and their vulnerability during layoffs, should reconsider moving into management. The article also highlights the emotional labor, difficult conversations, and responsibility for failures that come with management roles. It suggests that many management skills can be practiced as an individual contributor without the downsides of management. The article includes tweets from professionals sharing their experiences and perspectives, and a comment section where readers discuss their personal experiences and thoughts on the topic. The author concludes by urging potential managers to be honest about their motivations and capabilities, warning against self-deception about the reasons for wanting to become a manager. 4. You are playing a team sport, you might not understand well from shrief.com. Penned by Shreve, the article titled You Are Playing a Team Sport, You Might Not Understand Well delves into the parallels between team sports and team dynamics in the workplace. Shreve uses his personal experiences from playing football as a child to illustrate his points. Shreve begins by highlighting the clarity of success in sports, where the rules are well defined and the objective is clear, to score more than the opposing team. He then draws a parallel to the workplace, where the definition of success might not be as clear-cut. He emphasizes the importance of understanding the rules of the game, both in sports and at work, and the need for a well defined strategy and execution. Shreve recalls his early days of playing football, where the lack of understanding of team dynamics led to chaotic play. It was only after their coach taught them the basics and assigned specific roles that they began to play as a cohesive unit. However, the desire to be the star player often led them to abandon their assigned roles, resulting in losses. Shreve points out that it was only when they put aside their egos and played for the team that they began to win. Drawing lessons from his experiences, Shreve advises readers to understand the game they're playing at work, master their roles, have a team strategy, put aside their egos, and always aim for the team's success. He emphasizes that even if one executes their role perfectly, it doesn't matter if the team loses. In conclusion, Shrief asserts that team sports not only challenge individual abilities but also how we collaborate with others, a lesson that is equally applicable in the workplace. In essence, this article underscores the importance of understanding one's role within a team, the need for a clear strategy, and the significance of prioritizing team success over individual glory. It serves as a reminder that the workplace, like sports, is a team game where success is achieved through collective effort. Part 8. Learn. 1. Wavy Walls Use Fewer Bricks Than a Straight Wall from TwistedSifter.com The article from Twisted Sifter discusses the architectural feature of wavy walls, also known as crinkle-crankle walls, which use fewer bricks than straight walls due to their unique design. These walls, popularized in England, are particularly prevalent in Suffolk, and a notable example in the U.S. is at the University of Virginia. The article also delves into the mathematics behind these walls and their resistance to horizontal forces. The website Twisted Sifter covers a variety of topics, with articles ranging from personal dilemmas to incidents involving delivery drivers. It offers daily and weekly email subscriptions and has a presence on various social media platforms. The website also lists its latest and most popular articles, and categorizes its content with a variety of tags. The website is powered by WordPress VIP and offers user login and RSS feed options. 2. Ice Corps scientists in East Greenland reach bedrock from news.co.dk. The article discusses the significant achievement of the East Greenland Ice Core Project, EGRIP, an international research collaboration led by scientists from the University of Copenhagen. For the first time, they have successfully drilled to the bottom of an ice sheet in an ice stream in northeast Greenland, a process that took seven years. The Ice core obtained which is a 2,670-meter-long record of the planet's climate changes over the past 120,000 years, will be analyzed in laboratories worldwide. The core contains information about past environments, including evidence of volcanic eruptions and the increase of heavy metals due to industrial development. The project, involving participants from 12 nations, has resulted in samples from EGRIPICE cores being analyzed in over 30 laboratories and the publication of 53 articles. The discovery that the ice slides as a block over mud will improve future sea-level projections using recalibrated models. 3. Functions are vectors from TheNum.At The article Functions are vectors on It explores the idea of viewing functions as infinite dimensional vectors, enabling the application of linear algebra tools to various problems. The article explains that vectors, typically seen as lists of real numbers, can also be seen as a mapping from an index to a value which suggests that vectors start to resemble functions as the number of dimensions increases. The article discusses the concept of a vector space and a functional vector space, and provides proofs for all necessary vector space axioms. The article also introduces the concepts of a standard basis for functions, linear operators, and diagonalization. It further explains differentiation as a linear operator on functions and introduces the concept of eigenfunctions. The article also discusses the mathematical concept of eigenfunctions and their relationship with differentiation, and explores the concept of diagonalizing differentiation. The article introduces the Laplace transform and discusses inner product spaces. The author, Max Slater, also presents a mathematical proof for all vectors and scalars, and discusses the concept of positive definiteness. 4. When did people stop being drunk all the time? From lefeneder.substack.com. The article by Lefenieter on Substack, titled When Did People Stop Being Drunk All the Time? delves into the historical patterns of alcohol consumption from the Middle Ages to the modern era. It suggests that the average person in the Middle Ages consumed about a liter of beer a day, four times as much as modern beer-drinking countries. The author also notes that the consumption of wine followed a similar pattern. The article discusses the social implications of high alcohol consumption. Including a high number of prosecutions for drunkenness and numerous fatal accidents involving drunk individuals. It also highlights the transformation in beer consumption in England during the 18th century, coinciding with the British Industrial Revolution. The article concludes by discussing the domestication of wine and its spread around the Mediterranean, and poses the question of whether regions that drank wine were less prone to alcohol related problems than regions that drank beer. The article includes several references to support the author's points and a comment section for reader interaction. 5. Banished to a remote Idaho Valley, beavers created a lush wetland from E360.yale.edu. In a remote Idaho valley, beavers have transformed the landscape into a lush wetland, providing a natural defense against fire and drought, as revealed by satellite imagery. The beavers, relocated to the area in the 1930s due to their nuisance behavior in populated areas, have erected dams that formed ponds and flooded meadows, supporting the growth of grasses and shrubs. This has resulted in a verdant stretch along Bach Creek, which is more lush than nearby waterways. The beaver-influenced areas also proved resilient during the 2018 Sharps fire, remaining unscathed due to the wet conditions created by the beavers. NASA is now supporting efforts to introduce more beavers to the landscape, using satellite data to determine which streams can support beavers and to monitor how resettled beavers alter the flow of water and the growth of plants. Wally McFarlane, a researcher at Utah State University, is working to restore beavers in Idaho and beyond, with the aim of bringing beaver dam densities back to historic levels. This, he believes, will build important drought resiliency and restore stream areas. In essence, this article highlights the significant role that beavers can play in landscape transformation and environmental protection. The beaver's natural dam building behavior not only creates lush, verdant landscapes, but also provides a natural defense against environmental threats such as fire and drought. This underscores the importance of biodiversity and the potential benefits of rewilding efforts. Part 9, Startup News. 1. Twitter has officially changed its logo to X from techcrunch.com. In a surprising move, Twitter has replaced its iconic bird logo with an X, following an announcement by Elon Musk. The change, already live on the website, was revealed by Musk, who also hinted at a potential future logo change. Musk's affinity for the letter X is well documented, with the billionaire entrepreneur having founded X.com, which later became PayPal, and his space startup SpaceX also featuring an X logo. Musk's announcement also revealed that X.com now redirects to Twitter.com, and he suggested that the Twitter brand, and all its bird-related elements, will gradually be phased out. Twitter's CEO, Linda Yaccarino, added to the conversation by tweeting that X will go beyond Twitter's current capabilities, offering features centered around audio video, messaging, and payment-slash-banking, essentially becoming a global marketplace for ideas, goods, services, and opportunities. This is not the first time Musk has altered Twitter's logo. Earlier this year, he briefly changed it to the Doge meme. For those nostalgic for the bird logo, a developer has created an extension that allows users to restore the original logo. Twitter's decision to change its branding comes in the wake of Musk's recent statement that the company is experiencing negative cash flow due to a significant drop in advertising revenue and a heavy debt load. In essence, this move signifies a radical shift in Twitter's branding strategy under Musk's leadership. It also hints at a broader transformation of the platform, potentially expanding its functionality to become a more comprehensive digital hub. 2. The Fall of Stack Overflow from Observable.com. Ihan Fwat Chelik in his analysis titled The Fall of Stack Overflow, reveals a significant decline in the usage of Stack Overflow over the past one and a half years. According to Chelik's data, Stack Overflow has lost approximately 35% of its traffic, a figure that was initially reported as 50% but later adjusted due to changes in the categorization of Google Analytics cookie in May 2022. This downward trend is also mirrored in the site's usage statistics, with a roughly 50% decrease in the number of questions and answers posted, as well as a similar drop in the number of votes these posts receive. Chelik's analysis is based on a series of charts that visually represent these changes over time. While the text does not delve into the reasons behind this decline, the data presented paints a clear picture of a platform experiencing a significant drop in user engagement. In essence, this analysis underscores the shifting dynamics of online platforms and the challenges they face in maintaining user engagement. The decline of stack overflow could be indicative of broader trends in the tech community, such as the rise of alternative resources or changes in the way developers seek and share knowledge. 3. OpenAI shuts down its AI classifier due to poor accuracy from Decrypt.co The article, OpenAI Quietly Shuts Down Its AI Detection Tool by Jason Nelson, published on Decrypt, discusses the decommissioning of OpenAI's AI classifier tool due to its poor accuracy. Initially developed to assist educators in detecting AI-generated content, the tool was found to be unreliable, especially with text containing fewer than 1,000 characters. It only correctly identified 26% of AI-written text and incorrectly labeled 9% of human-written text as AI-written. The article also mentions the increasing interest in AI detection tools in education due to concerns about students using AI tools to write essays. OpenAI is reportedly researching more effective techniques for text provenance and is committed to developing mechanisms to identify if audio or visual content is AI generated. The company has not yet responded to Decrypt's request for comment. 4. Threads users down by more than a half from BBC.com. The article discusses the significant decrease in user numbers for Meta's social media platform, Threads, since its launch. Despite initial success, CEO Mark Zuckerberg acknowledged the drop but expressed hope that new features would improve user retention. The company is focusing on adding more retention driving hooks and integrating threads with Instagram. Zuckerberg also updated employees on the company's investment in the metaverse, a virtual reality world, which is on track but not expected to go mainstream until the next decade. The article also mentions Zuckerberg's proposed cage fight with Elon Musk. The text also highlights a BBC feature about the residents of Hemsby, a UK coastal town facing severe erosion, and lists the most-read articles on the BBC website. It promotes various BBC news services and features available on the BBC iPlayer, including Planet Earth, Hey Dougie, and Operation Ouch. The text concludes with links to various sections of the BBC website and a copyright statement. 5. Boeing has now lost $1.1 billion on Starliner, with no crew flight in sight from Arstechnica.com. Penned by Eric Berger, the article reveals that Boeing's Starliner program has faced a significant setback, with the company reporting a loss of $1.1 billion and no crew flight in sight. The Starliner program, which was working towards a July launch date for its spacecraft carrying two astronauts, encountered two serious issues that led to a delay. These problems included issues with the soft links and the lines connecting the Starliner capsule to its parachutes and the discovery of flammable P 213 glass cloth tape inside the spacecraft. As part of its quarterly earnings update, Boeing announced that the Starliner program had taken a loss of $257 million due to the delay, bringing the total losses to over $1.1 billion. This has also resulted in a loss of $527 million for Boeing's Defense, Space, and Security Division in the second quarter of the year. NASA and Boeing have been working on resolving these issues, with engineering teams identifying a new type of joint that can meet NASA's safety requirements for the soft link issue. The flammable tape has also been removed and a non-flammable replacement identified. However, no concrete timetable for a potential launch has been provided, suggesting that the launch may be delayed until 2024. In conclusion, the setbacks faced by Boeing's Starliner program highlight the challenges and risks inherent in space exploration. The financial losses incurred underscore the high stakes involved and the importance of safety in such ambitious projects. Part 10. Fun. 1. Chicago 95 Windows 95 theme for Linux from GitHub.com. The article discusses the GitHub project Chicago 95, a rendition of the 1995 Microsoft operating system for Linux created by user Grassmunk. The project has gained significant attention with 3.8k stars and 141 forks. The latest commit, made by user emhmarki, addressed several issues and made updates to the readme.md and install.md docs, as well as cosmetic updates to the XFCE panel Sistray, Terminal, and GTK file chooser. The repository contains several directories, each with its own set of commits and updates. The project is actively maintained and has a total of 545 commits. It provides a consistent Windows 95 aesthetic across XFCE/GTK2/GTK3 themes, with key updates including the installation of the Helvetica font and the reduction of the Window XFWM window manager theme width. The theme includes icons, GTK2 and GTK3 themes, a Plymouth theme, an MS-DOS inspired theme for Oh My ZSH, and partial support for high DPI monitors. The project has 35 contributors and is primarily written in HTML, with Python. CSS, SCSS, Shell, and JavaScript also used. 2. Single Instruction: Subleak programming game from JaredKrinke.itch.io The article discusses a single instruction programming game called sick one developed by Jared Crinky and hosted on Itch.io. The game involves learning an assembly language and implementing programs to unlock job titles and climb leaderboards. The game is set in a fictional company. SICK systems, and players are tasked with producing efficient programs for the single instruction computer Mark I, SICK 1. It is available on Steam and has a Discord server, a trailer, a soundtrack, and a solutions forum. The development log shows updates dating back to December 2022, with the most recent update being on March 25, 2023. The article also includes a series of comments and replies from the community forum discussing various aspects of the game, including bugs, updates, and strategies for solving the puzzles. The game's creator, Jared Crinky, is responsive to user feedback and suggestions, addressing issues and providing clarifications on gameplay mechanics. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to HackerCast.